Uh, today, I have David Rivera Sr., uh, young, original Young Lords Field Marshal out of Chicago. One of the first seven, I believe, right? That's right. <laughs> you got it right. Welcome, welcome, my brother. Welcome. Well, Tio, I'm going to call you Tio. Bendición. Dios te bendiga, mijo. How's everything? How you been? Doing good, mijo. Doing good. Wait, I was waiting here uh, a little anxiously, uh, a little nervous about that thing because I don't do interviews, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 73 years old and I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, good answer, good answer. Uh, I was born in Puerto Rico. Let me start from there. I was born in Puerto Rico, 48. Parents moved up here in 48 uh, to the U.S., to Chicago. In 52, they sent for the rest of the family. I was three going on four when we got here. Um, we lived uh, in the poor neighborhood in, in Chicago, up around the Lincoln Park area. Um, that's a, we moved there about the time where the Latinos were being moved out of the downtown area. Okay, and there because there were urban renewal, I guess was starting up back then. I don't know, but um, we um, we moved to the neighborhood. Uh, I lived on Dayton Street. As a matter of fact, that's where I met Chacha for the first time. Um, How old did you when you met Chacha? Uh, four or five years old. Okay. We were little boys. We, as a matter of fact, we were, waiting, yeah, we were waiting to get put into first grade. <laughs> okay. Uh, his mother used to teach catechism. So all the kids used to go to his mom's house to hear uh, catechism just because she was giving away cookies. So, okay. <laughs> But um, grew up there, uh, went to Waller High School, uh, Mulligan School, uh, and Waller High School, that's on Armitage Avenue, near the People's Church up there. Um, around 1959, 1960, uh, we were 11, 12 years old, about 11 years old, uh, and we got together. It's a group of us, seven or eight of us, uh, that were from the old barrio and also from Puerto Rico. Um, we formed a, a, a group just to be able to keep going, being able to go to school or to the park or the playground without getting ourselves beat up. Uh, back then, the uh, the city was very, you know, segregate, segregated. Uh, talking about the blacks on one side, the Latinos on the other the whites and the other and so on. But the Lincoln Park area used to be a white neighborhood and now the Latinos were moving in. So there was a lot of gang fights. Okay. There's a lot of gang fights back then. Um, when we turned, I was 12 years old, maybe 12 going on 13, when we decided that we were gonna call ourselves the Young Lords. We had a meeting. Since everybody was calling themselves lords, knights, imperial aces, and uh, things like that, we we chose the on lords, okay. uh, and the young lords. We, since we were young, very young, we called ourselves the young lords. We did that, in, I believe, it was in the summer of '62. Okay. Uh, when we uh, named ourselves young lords, and. Um, we hung around Armitage and, and Halstead mostly. There was a hot dog stand on, on Halstead and Dickens, uh, Frank's hot dog stand where we used to go and hang out at. Um, east of that was the Lincoln Park, the actual Lincoln Park, about eight blocks east of that. But those eight blocks east of that also was neighborhoods where other gangs were in, like the Romas, uh, the core, the Mohawk boys, these were uh, white gangs, which were our rivals. Uh, back then, 
you know, it's, uh, there were a lot of Latino gangs, but when one got attacked, they all got attacked. You know, when one went to fight, they all went to fight. They sold them the same. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, back in then, in 1968, I was about, I was 19, 19 going on 20. Uh, others went to Vietnam. Others, uh, members went to Vietnam uh, or the army. The Western State, uh, we had already dropped out of school about back in 1965, I think. None of us really reached uh, fourth year high, except maybe Furman and Benny. But um, other than that, we were all dropouts. But in 67, 68, Chacha got locked up. That's where he met Fred Hampton. Okay. And Fred Hampton was the one that introduced him into uh, the idea of the community, uh, talking about being freedom fighters, revolutionaries, uh, getting together of all the poor people, not just one race. So when Chacha came out and they handed us some books, um, how is how is that transition from you guys being a you know dropout street organized gang you know into transformation into what you know what Fred Hampton was, was trying to show you guys how how was the the transformation you know did, was everybody did everybody receive it well? Uh, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, they did. They did. I did. The only thing was that. Uh, Chacha told me, Davis, today you, you're no longer the sergeant of arms. You know, <laughs> now you're the national field marshal. And I said, what the f is the national field marshal? <laughs> I didn't know what it was. But um, but uh, I took it on and, and I learned what it was. And, uh, you know, from there on, it's, it's just a whole different story. Okay. Everything transformed. I mean... We were no longer looked at as a gang. I mean, people came to us. Uh, we we were refuge for the people in the neighborhood. How, how did the that's what I was going to ask? How did the community the community receive you guys when watching the transformation? Because I know that had to be kind of rough with a reputation of you know being you know in the streets you know and being a gang. So the transformation, like I said, how did the community view you guys and how did they receive you throughout the transformation? Now you got to remember that. You got to remember that back then, um, the, the racial issue wasn't just against teenagers and in, in, in gangs. You know, there were our own folks, our own people that, that live in the neighborhood were also getting harassed. Uh, you know, like the old men getting their hats knocked off or the old ladies getting pushed down and uh, by white kids. You know, that's because that was what was going on. So actually, having a gang in the neighborhood, okay, the people back then did not fear walking around the corner because we were there. Okay. Okay. As a matter of fact, when we were there, they felt that they could walk the neighborhood okay. Wow. Yeah. You got to remember back then, there there was no Latino or color. Let me use the word color for everybody. There was no color cops. No color firemen. You know, there was no color city workers. You know, everybody over there was just struggling to, to live. They barely can get jobs. The only jobs back then that they could get was either washing floors, cleaning floors, or, or so on. If you were lucky, you know, you might get yourself a job in a factory or something. Mm. My mom got a job at a factory putting labels on cans of paint. You know, she worked in the back. But the only good thing was that my mom, she was blonde hair and blue eyed. So she could pass. Um, living, living back then was, a childhood was fun, but at the same time it was rough, especially if you went to school. Um, so the neighborhood, to answer your question, no, the, the neighborhood actually didn't, weren't afraid of the teenage gangs back then, you know, because they were actually, you know, 
knew that they could walk down the neighborhood because they, they, they uh, we won't bother nobody, but we won't let nobody bother them either. Right, right. Yeah. You're protecting uh, so your, your, your territory, your turf at that time. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And that's what it was. We, we protected our turf. And and, uh, and we had turf wars and rumbles. And uh, back in 62, I remember in 62, uh, we went to uh, see the West Side Stories. Right. You know? Um, you know, and that's a funny story, and, and I probably during the interview I'll tell you about it a little bit. But you know, as we grew into teenagers and dropping out of school and hanging out, hanging out more, now in the late sixties, okay, uh, let's say sixty-eight when we became political, even then the people. Us. I mean, when, when we went marching, people just walked outside and marched with us. We had marches that, that brought up maybe 10,000 people into the streets because we, just because we were marching. My question, um, and this for the viewers a little bit more, because I know me and you touched on it. But when you guys went out there and you guys marched and you, you had uh, demonstrations, could you touch a little bit on... Uh, the unity within the community when you guys had to go out there and demonstrate and other organizations, gangs would come in in unison, one another and really come together for a purpose at that time? Yeah, at that time, what, uh, any, any, any organization that was in the movement back then would put out leaflets about a, an upcoming march or an upcoming demonstration. Um, most of the demonstrations, unless the police beat up on somebody, they were just that, you know, a demonstration. Um, the thing over there is that, you know, one, one group went to help the other. We, you know, when the Young Lords made a march, you would have Young Lords, you would have Panthers, you would have uh, the street gangs that were still there, like the Aces, the Eagles, the... Uh, the uh, the group that was over at uh, the Latin Kings, the Latin Kings, the Latin Kings would come, you know, because it was what we were doing was it was for the for the community, and that was everybody's community. So when we went marching, yeah, we used to get people backed up from everywhere. Even the people in the neighborhood would leave their houses just to march. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it was going to fight. As far as the neighborhood and the people in the neighborhood, yes, the only people that weren't going to fight were, of course, um, the people that wanted uh, to kick us out of there. Mm. Uh, there's There was so much going on back then. Uh, who was your biggest, what was your, I don't want to say who, but what was your biggest fight? In Humble Park at that time, the biggest fight. Yes, oh, you guys not not physical fight, but like your biggest the, something that you guys had to overcome that it was really difficult, especially in the political aspect with the transition you guys were doing. Okay, that was urban renewal. Okay, urban renewal because urban renewal was kicking everybody out of Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park area by that time was now, but uh, mostly all Latino okay. and black and some poor whites okay uh and we were like let's say in the near north side of chicago okay uh the the, the white groups like the patriots they were on the uptown side of chicago right and the panthers were more like on the southwest side of chicago gotcha okay so the, the being in the middle a lot of things happened with the and in, in the young lords uh, with the dancers or the patriots because it was like common ground. Uh, gotcha. You guys were like in the middle of... Uh, exactly, of everything. Gotcha. gotcha. So, um, do I repeat me the question? <laughs> Did I ask you, the, what was the biggest... The uh, biggest fight. Yeah, that was urban radio. Um... That was because that's when they were driving people out of their homes. 
Okay, one of the biggest things we did was when we took over the church. Okay, we felt that the church was in the neighborhood, it served the neighborhood, so we took it over. And that's um, the People's Church in Chicago? The People's Church in Chicago in Dayton and Armitage. Okay. I remember that night I was coming back from Madison, Wisconsin, speaking with Orlando, speaking at, at the university. Right. Uh, asking for donations for the group when we heard it on the radio that the, the young lords had taken over the church but when we got back it was, that's where we went to the church uh, the police was there trying to get us out the pastor refused to kick us out matter of fact the pastor welcomed us and what was the because pastor's name? Bruce Johnson Bruce Johnson yeah. and he, he was married Eugenia Johnson uh, later, because of that action, they were killed. Wow. Their own. They were both murdered. For opening the doors to you guys? Yeah, I would say that's what it was. Because they wanted him to uh, kick us out of the church or to file a complaint so that we can legally be kicked out. And he wouldn't do it. I read a little bit up on it. They never they never solved the, the murder on... on... No. Wow, to this day. To this day. Wow. To this day. Because at that time in the neighborhood, when they were trying to kick us out, uh, the alderman, McCulchin, he put his office right there in the corner of Halstead and Armitage. Okay. Half a block away from the church. Half a block away from the church. On the other side, they opened a real estate that dealt with the, with the real estate uh, in the urban renewal area. They were run by Fat Larry and some other mob guys. Okay, so you know now, now the battle is no longer just urban renewal. Now it's getting to where yeah, it's getting serious. Yeah, it's getting serious. Then you know, Pancho got killed. He wasn't killed by baseball bats. You know, Manuel got shot by a cop. The pastor, his wife, were stabbed to death in their own home. Wow. You know, then uh, the other guys that got killed. Um, that's a, there, there was an area, an era there to where we literally had to hide just to sleep. Um, we couldn't sleep in the same place any uh, for a long time, and that was especially after Fred got killed. Okay, we're gonna get to that. I just wanna before we get to Fred, I just wanna go a little bit back. Um, Okay. How was um, opening the breastfeeding program in the community for the first time for you guys? How 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 was that experience? How did how did you how did feel, like how did you feel after you you know you guys fed your first group of people for the first time and obviously continued it? But how did you feel when you was a part of that? Oh, there's no feeling like it, especially when you see parents bringing in their children into a church that supposedly is run by uh, these crazy revolutionaries, you know? And uh, the, the kids, every day, every day, took turns cooking, serving the kids. Then the schools, they would walk away from school. Uh, to be able to say, we are feeding a community, the way the people helped, the people volunteered their time. See, when we when we opened the the the, the breakfast board program, the clinic, the free clinic, the clothing program, where you know we actually used the basement of the church for areas for for the uh, for the breakfast. We had area for clothing. We had an area like a pantry, um, and people actually. We're welcome there throughout the day. I've seen pictures of the, the old church, and it, it looks huge. It looks like it covers a whole block. It, it actually, it carries about a about a, half, about a quarter of a block. Yeah, it looks pretty Probably big. It goes from the street all the way back to the back alley. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty big church. Wow. You know, and and um, so we used it for, for that. Plus... The pastor, before he died, the pastor never stopped giving services on Sunday. Mm. Even though it was our office, 
you know, he still gave his services on Sunday. And people did go. Wow. Yeah. wow that, so, that means something. That means the impact that you guys are leaving in the community really meant something to the community. Sure. And, and that's why there's a lot of groups, uh, white people groups, like uh, uh, there was a group, the Concerned Citizens, ran by Pat Devine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they were a white group of citizens that were concerned enough to back us up in almost everything. Okay. And then when uh, it, it got real touchy back then, because then by, by, by the middle of, uh, in, in 1969, then uh, a group in New York uh, came out by putting the burning out garbage and everything else on the streets, you know, and they called themselves the Young Lords. And uh, I remember uh, after they did that, they came to Chicago and uh, Cha-Cha, me, Andre, and uh, I forgot, Orlando, I think it was, uh, met with them. Uh, I think one of them was Melendez. Uh, Mickey Melendez? Yeah, uh, Yoruba. I think David Perez was one of them. Okay, uh, when they came over and, you know, they, we said, yeah, you guys are young lords. You know, and, and they became the Young Lords Organization in, in New York. Uh, now, when they came out, they came out great. Because that, that was a very powerful chapter. Yeah. They, you know, they, left, they, they left their mark. They oh, left, yeah, they, they left, left their mark. mark. Yeah, they, did, you know, they did great. They did great. As far as, as doing what they were supposed to do, they did it. You know? And um, that's around I, the same time that you guys uh, were working with Fred, Fred, if I'm not mistaken. We were coming, we were working with Fred also during that time about building a, Fred came up with something about the Rainbow Coalition. You wanna- And he started meeting with us and, and let's meeting dig with a, us. Let's dig, let's dig a little bit deeper on the, the Rainbow Coalition and uh, shout out to the Hampton family. Tomorrow they got a big movie dra- dropping, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, you guys go see that. I'm not, I don't get paid for saying that. I'm just supporting, you know, as a brother, you know, go out and see that movie tomorrow. But uh, since it is the release tomorrow, I definitely want to talk a little bit about the, the coalition. So that way, you know, everybody's inspired to go watch the movie tomorrow because uh, you were there firsthand. You know, you were, you know, sitting in those audience or standing side by side, you know, when, you know, those historic moments did happen. So we could definitely dive into that, you know, so that way the, the audience definitely knows a, a, your connection with it and, and, and the things you went through. Okay, the the Rainbow Coalition uh, uh, came up with Fred. Fred Hampton had come to uh, Fred Hampton, Robert Lee, and there were some other guys. I don't recall their name right now. Uh, I think it's Bobby Steele. Not Bobby Steele. Uh, anyway, one of them was uh, an alderman now in, in Chicago or a councilman. Uh, they came over to the church. Uh, that was the first time I ever heard Fred speak. And he gave a speech uh, uh, as far as uh, being a revolutionary. Where, where, where was the speech, uh, speech at? He made, he, when, he, when I saw him speaking, he spoke at the People's Church. Okay. In Chicago, the Young Lord's People's Church. Okay. Uh, and uh, he made a speech called The Loving Cup. I, I, I will always remember that speech. He called it, take a sip from the loving cup. And and, and um, he was a very powerful speaker. Though he was young, just like the rest of us, he was powerful speaker. He was a hell of a motivator. And by the time he left that, that stopped talking, he had that whole church going. I mean, you know, he, he was a powerful speaker. Now, when he came up with the Rainbow Coalition, and he brought it up to Chacha. Um, that they they were the ones that really worked on it most was Chacha. Uh, I believe it was Chacha, and if I'm not mistaken, Omar. Omar Lopez. Yeah, Omar, and uh, and there were a couple of the other ministers. Me, I was the field marshal. So when I was there, I was there. When I wasn't there, I was out doing what I was supposed to do. Um, but. When they 
came together, when the, when the three groups came together, you know, um, Robert Lee was one of the speakers. Uh, <laughs> you know, his real name was Robert Lee Lee. You know? I, was, I was gonna say it. I was waiting to see yeah. if he was gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, and, and then uh, there was the uh, Slim Slim Coleman was there uh, in in the in the Patriots. And I remember meeting with them, uh, talking about the Rainbow Coalition. They set it up to have the meeting to set up the Rainbow Coalition. That day, Cha-Cha had sent me to Wisconsin. So uh, I wasn't actually there for the actual meeting. But as far as the other things about talking about it uh, uh, and working within the Rainbow Coalition, yes. Um, How was it working with... uh with, with other groups like coming together like unified you know black white latino all coming well, together when, like, let's say when the, when the patriots had something going in their neighborhood okay we will take people up there right Panthers will send people up there the other political groups like sds uh weathermen uh the rising up angry which were more crazier type of things they were like you know those guys were they all they wanted to do was battle literally battle physical fighting against the the, the, the police and shit. okay um definitely we we did what we had to do to survive and stay out okay you gotta understand like guys like cha-cha and myself i was arrested what i got about about 60 arrests. Wow. Jeez. And and most of them were for, for crap. They would let us go the next day or after a couple of days and they would drop the charges. But they would take us off the street. They were able to fingerprint us. They were able to do whatever. They would make us weaker in the street. Gotcha. Especially if they took the, the, the leaders. Even right. if it was for two or three days. Right. You know, um, that, that, you know, that, that, that area or that specific time is, is very, was very difficult because everything was going so fast. Because at the same time, we had all that going, like SDS was building the Vance Ramos Brigade. Later on, Chacha told me about the Vance Ramos Brigade, put me in charge of recruiting, and I'll tell you about that a little later. Um, but, when Fred got killed, you know, he got killed only about four or five months after the Rainbow Coalition started. Wow. See? And um, when after Fred got killed and, and together with Mark Clark with the police raid, uh, they they were under orders. They 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 were, you know, that's when some of us started getting our our homes fired. Yeah, that was uh, that was going to be sorry to cut you off. I said I was going to lead into another one of my questions, you know, you know, since you guys started the Rainbow Coalition together, uh, how, how did the impact, how did it impact you guys and what did you guys go through after, you know, Fred was murdered by, by the Chicago Police Department? Like, what, how did it affect you guys? Like, you guys were still doing your demonstrations, you guys were still out there, like. No, after Fred, after Fred got killed and everybody else was getting shot at and Everybody else was being thought thought after. Uh, we went underground. We had to go into hiding. And and uh, some of us went to other states. Some of us just disappeared into into the neighborhoods. Others went to other countries. Um, at that time, also, uh, we prepared the Vento Ramos Brigade. But I went to Cuba. I was there for about seven months. Uh, uh, can we talk about Cuba? We can talk a little bit about Cuba. Um, yeah. What you were doing in Cuba? If you don't I actually mind. went down there as to represent the young lords uh, in the Vance Ramos Brigade because uh, we were helping them in their harvest of the 10 million arubas. They wow. used to call it Atzafra de los 10 millones. And uh, I think there's 25 pounds to one aruba, so you can imagine how much sugar cane. And uh, we would wake up every morning, uh, 
before sunup and work from sunup to about noon. We quit at noon till three. At three, we went back out there to about sundown and we did this six days a week. Did you think uh, that you was going to become a, a machetero at the same time a revolutionary is? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought it was going to be a machetero, you know, but um, but it was part of the revolution. It, it was it was helping them in their in, in their revolution. And, uh, and and when you are, you know, if you're a revolutionary, you're a revolutionary here, you're a revolutionary there. Right. You know, and you're all fighting for, practically for the same thing, you know, which is to give people the power. The people power. You know, so if it took us to go down there and help them, that's what it did. You know, later, later on, I can't go into some things. Uh, but uh, that's what happened when the young lord's central office went underground the other chapters started you know like dissipating some you know some went wrong some changed their name you know uh, while the ones at the central uh headquarters there were other worries and those worries were staying alive keeping the contacts because I can't go into all that but they were involved already in much bigger stuff that they had nothing to do with the community it had to do with other communities on a bigger scale at a bigger scale um but when we got back from hiding out everybody went to jail church i went to jail i went to jail uh i did three years i got out in 1977. wow uh, when Chacha got out i think he got out in 73 74 something like that 75 and he um ran for alderman in chicago because he by this time now we found out that you know what, what year again sorry I believe it was 74, 75, I'm not sure, uh, 100%. Was he still at the same token, still representing the, the Young Lords organization? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we were, we, the Young Lords never died. We never quit. We've been, we've been there, what, now 60 some odd years? Right. The Young Lords themselves? You know, it's, um, it, it was just that uh, the time period called us to to be able to to change things, do things differently. And so, Chacha went for alderman. By this time, others were becoming cops. Others were becoming lawyers. Others were becoming firemen. Our, our people started getting educated, and, and and that's one of the biggest things that came out of it. You had to get educated and educate our people. So that we can get people in positions to be able to fight for our people. Absolutely. So education is the most important thing there is to educate our youth. You know, back then we didn't have it. We lost a lot to get it. But today we have cops, we have firemen, paramedics, we have lawyers, we have judges. You know, we even got a Latino judge in the Supreme Court. Right. Absolutely. And then, you know, if you ever wonder what came out of all that, that's what came out of it. That's you beautiful. Know? Now that you, you really, really go back and you look at it and you see what you guys have done, like definitely, you know, the, the fight that you guys had back then is not the same, not the same fight per se as today. You know, it has, you know, similar, there's similarities, but it's not the same exact fight, you know. No, your 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 power will be within educating your masses, educating our people, our youth, and if you know, educate them, put them in positions to where they can fight for us. You know, Absolutely. you don't have to fight. You don't have to fight the way we fall. No, 
No. If, if we fight the way you fought, they're going to throw us under the jails. <laughs> <laughs> they're not playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um... But, you know, all in all, was it worth it? Was it worth getting beat up? Was it worth going to jail? Was it worth losing my family over it? Yeah. Because see, today, my grandchildren and my children, you know, some of them are nurses. I got one that's a doctor. You know, I got one that's a lawyer. So, did it work good because see now these are the same people that you're going to go to and if they're grateful for what the old folks did they'll help you because if we did it when we had no nothing and we got doctors to help us we got nurses to help us we got lawyers to help us Okay, and, and, and those people were actually white people. Contributing, so, contributing. Exactly. exactly. You know, people like I don't know people. I don't know if you ever heard of Patch Adams. Okay. You know, he was a doctor who who, who made uh, free clinics for people. Right. You know, and it was people like that. They helped us. They talked to other doctors, and other doctors donated their time. And how did you guys, you know, were able to persuade these people or convince these people to, hey, yeah, you know what? I'll give you my time. Don't worry about it. I'm there. How were you, how were you guys able to have that gift of gag to really, you know, tell them, like, yo, this is the need? It don't work yeah. over there. It got to work over here. They don't need it over there. They need it over here. How were you able to do that? People, people have a heart, you know, okay? And sometimes what they're taught is what they show. You know, you take a little uh, boy and you say, the, uh, that spick, that, that's a spick. That's not a Puerto Rican, that's a spick. That little boy is going to grow up calling all Puerto Rican spicks and ain't going to think about it because to him, you know, they're a spick. But these same people also have a heart, mijo, and they also see. And back then, people saw what the Panthers were doing, what the Lords were doing, what the Patriots were doing, you know, and they were found out that they were doing it for them. And there's a lot of people that are in top places that do have a heart. And, and if you do what you're supposed to do, people will follow you and people will help you. Now, I believe it. I'm, listen, you guys are living proof. You guys show and pave the way and show that it is possible. So especially it's today possible. in 2021, you know, it's possible. It is. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's like, I, I've, been, I've been away, I've, I've been a young lord for all these years. Nobody ever heard of me. Not even the people that I gave my blessings to 50 years ago remember me. <laughs> You know, so it's okay. Um, the same way I gave you the blessings from because Cha Cha told me to. Same way we were there in the same group, we met with them, and they don't even remember I was there. See, but that's okay. You know, it was you guys that brought me out. You know, somebody pointed out that somebody was using the young lords. I said, "Oh no." I was just about to lead into that, you know, so how did you come across me if you want to kind of go into that a little bit so that way the people know, you know, kind of like our little backstory on how we got introduced. Okay, somebody, somebody sent me a, a, a message with a picture of the New Era Young Lord thing. I said, who the hell are they? So then I went to Chacha and I told Chacha and Chacha says, you know what? I ain't gonna put up with this crap anymore. Ain't nobody gonna be using my name for this and this and that. I said, or our name for this. I says, he says, look into him. So I did. I looked into you guys for about six weeks. Yeah. About, about five, six weeks. And then that's when I decided to give you a call or a text. No, I sent you a message. 
I didn't even give you my number. I just said, send me your number and I'll call you. And, yeah. and I did. And I did. And uh, because we liked what we followed. Yeah, you texted me. You said, uh, this is a national field marshal. And I read that and I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> it's I, didn't, I didn't read it fully. And I'm like, field marshal. I'm like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> so, so when you when you called, you know, uh, I was already prepared to let you know that I liked what you guys were doing, you know. Appreciate. But I had to tell you about the name, you know. And, and as you know, that we had a, a back and forth thing until we got it right, you know. And then, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, Chacha says, you know, that's good. So. That's when we, uh, he told me, go ahead and I give you our blessings. You, you guys are young lords. You know? And, and um, just to jump in on that, you know, I'm extremely grateful and honored, you know, especially coming from you guys, the originators, to allow us to continue, you know, the legacy and the movement, you know, today in 2021. You guys didn't have to acknowledge us. You guys didn't have to pay us no mind. But it's a, it's a, it's a blessing that I actually get to sit down and have these conversations with you privately and in public for, for everyone to see, you know, and share the same experience that I that I share. Because, you know, like I said, it's times that me and you have a conversation. I'd be like, wow, I, he really just told me that, you know, he he really went through that stuff. And he's sitting here telling me what he went through. And for me, a complete stranger for you to really open those doors and embrace us, not just me, the entire organization. You know, I, I can't I can't thank you guys enough for really giving us the opportunity to really continue the proper way. Because we could continue with the name, but you know what? It's it's a thing about having respect and to be courteous to the ones who really, you know, were here first, who put in the work for it. You know, you guys laid the foundation that we're gonna continue. So it's only right that we get it from, you know, you guys directly. And like I said, it means, it means a lot to me directly. I know it means a lot to my organization. But I want to tell you on behalf of everybody, to you, I know Chacha's not here. Thank you a lot for your support and the guidance that you guys have been giving us. Because you know what? Without you guys, I don't even know if it would have lasted this far. You guys really give me the the strength to really continue it. Because it, it gets frustrating sometimes going and dealing with a lot of personalities and try to find common ground. But if I can talk to you guys and I can get in contact with you guys, it's worth it. I spend my time with the people. I, I put in the work just like you guys did. And I, I, like I said, I want to take this time out to thank you on that. And I, I went over the little off script, but uh, I had to. You're, you're more than welcome, Mijo. It's it's my pleasure. You know, I I tell you what, you you made me come out of my cave after 40 years. You know. I mean, I've always done things for the young lords, but I'm the, I'm the low key, you know. It was you guys that brought me back into public. I know, me and you had a lot of private conversations in the background. You know, you tell me soon, you know, I'm really not into the whole, you know, publicizing what I did. I didn't do it for the camera. I did it because my heart was in it and I don't really want to talk about it too much. But you know what I also tell you too, you know, people should know. You know, the things that you've done, the things that you've contributed yourself. Like my favorite story personally is Cuba. That you went to another country to go help and fight for their revolution to, to help them with their economy at the time. That's a true revolutionary. Did I tell you ever that I, in 19th, the year after, I was standing on the Great Wall of China. Look at that. It was an invite. That's a blessing. But, but, but what I'm trying to tell you by that too is that that was the level that Central Committee was at at the time yeah. when all this thing came down. So the the law came down hard and they were going to put a stop to it. Right. Yeah. And they did, you know, to a certain point. You know, there's a lot of people that died because of it. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's, there were other chapters of the Young Lords all over the United States, but at that time, we weren't ready to bring all that to all the masses. Yeah. 
because we were at a experimental point there too. You know, but then what happened happened and then everybody had to go hide and run and do whatever they had to do to stay alive. Things got difficult, real difficult. Yeah. And um, I, I remember when I got out of jail or out of prison, I got in, back in contact with everybody. You know, um, I still kept it on the low and low. Um, I um, I went, you know, and uh, went back to my other group that I belonged to, because I also belonged to another group. What was that? Uh, I was the president of the for Motorcycle Club. Uh, I'm a little I hesitant was, to ask, what motorcycle club was you a part of? It's called, it was called the Sons of the Devil. Okay. If okay, you look at Chicago, you definitely. Okay. I was one of the founding fathers of that too. Wow. Uh, four guys and two motorcycles. And that was while you were a young lord at the same time. Yeah. Juggling yeah. two things. Yeah. yeah. Because there wasn't there wasn't the animosity between groups, you know. Right. You, know, you, you saw you saw this group uh, two or three guys you saw sometimes a group of eight people okay and there was a mixture of about five or six different gangs wow you know because that's the way it was right. but um i i became a, a son of the devil i became the president after about three months and uh i was the president until 1980 i hung up my colors wow Yes. Oh, God bless. Wow. Yes. And then uh, uh, at that time, I was having some personal problems. And then... Uh, Question, really quick, just to backtrack a little bit on the motorcycle on the motorcycle club. Uh, so was you, so at any time, were you able to like... Uh, oh, yeah. I, I want to say merge the two, but I want to say... Was oh, yes, all the time. Working all the time. solidarity? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, some of us, we'll go, we'll go by their club to have some drinks or something and they will come over by us right. when we needed help at the church we can go and i will call up and the guys will come uh, when men will died he, they they uh were the ones who uh gave us the escort okay you know but at that time though i i, I had my purple parade on it i was i have always been a young lord even when i was their president right i was a young so you always put the young lords first. Oh yes. Oh yes. You know, and and then when I was with them, you know, uh, they they were my group. I was their president. <laughs> so you know, I mean, I did what the hell I wanted. You know. So, uh, but a lot of them, yeah. You know, a matter of fact, there were three other members of the Devils that became uh, young lords. And when we had marches, they would take off the jacket and put on the parade. You know, that's, uh, there was no difference. But yes, the, the sons of the devil were always there, right? The young ones. Wow. Always. And still to this day, to this day, if you look at my Facebook page, you will find the sons of the devil. They're still there. Yeah, I see, I seen, I seen a couple. I seen a couple yeah. of them on your page. Yeah. That's, that's so, uh, yeah, so uh, I, you know, one day in a personal thing, I'll send you some pictures I have with them over here in my yard. Nah, definitely send them. Send them. I yeah. definitely want to see those. Yeah, but uh, but um, I was in both fronts. But yeah, uh, as as far as a young lord, I've always been a young lord. Never, it's like I told Cha Cha last night when I spoke with him. You know, it's just right now. He's still under the weather, still yeah. under the weather, you know, but I, like I told him, you know, you're 73, I'm 73, hey buddy, we ain't gonna be around for for very long, you know, and I would love for somebody to be there that would take our, uh, our organization on for another 50 years, maybe another 50 years somebody might be making a movie of you, I told him, you know, and that would know, and that would be because somebody picked up where we left off. And that was my words to him last night.
Yeah, man, you lived a, a crazy, 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 crazy life. Yeah, it was, it was a little crazy life. It was a good life, you know. It was all worth it. And uh, and and when my granddaughter told me that she wanted to join, that made me even prouder. You know, and when I see people like yourself and what you have created and the people that you have behind you, you know, I feel real confident. Real confident. You know, and, and, and you guys will... If anybody's going to keep our name alive, you guys will. And that's going to be... That's going to be my gift. Uh, I think Lobo has a question. He was asking, how is it when you came down to Connecticut to meet the Connecticut chapter of the New Ever Young Lords? How was it when I went up there? Yeah. I was tickled. <laughs> I um, I, I, I felt I had a lot of emotions. I felt loved. Um, I felt good at the same time. I was telling myself, "What the hell am I doing here?" You know, I should have been sitting on my on my front porch in my rocking chair instead. Yeah, it was you know, kind of cold. When you came up, you definitely, <laughs> I think it snowed like the but, um, day that you left. But, uh, but I tell you what. Hold I, on. Sorry. My bad, guys. You, you guys made me feel part of you. And that, and that I am proud of. I mean, yeah. to be honest, you made us feel a part of. I don't, I don't think it's possible for us to make you feel a part of. I think you made us feel a part of, you know? <laughs> and when you were there, it was really honestly organic, you know? Everything happened perfectly, you know? When we went out, you came out there, did boots on the ground with us, like, listen, and it's not to to knock your age, but at your age, I didn't, I wouldn't expect, you know, for you to be out there like, yo, you know what, Subi, let's go. I'll go with you, come on, let's go with the guys, I'm willing. You know, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. You know, you still have it in you. People don't know that, you know, that you're still active. Yeah, no, a lot of people didn't know I was still active. Like I told you, people that I met 50 years ago didn't, didn't remember me. You know, but that's okay. Right. Uh, so Ian asked, what message do you have for the youth today? Oof, Lord. I'll tell you what. You know, if you feel it's right, you know, do it. You know, if it makes you, if it's making you feel good doing what you're doing, do it. Do it from the heart and you will never regret it. You know, when you do it from the heart, you, you can take the kicks. You can take the slaps. You can take the, the, the chains, the cells. You know, because 50 years ago, I never believed I would be sitting down talking to another young man with a purple parade. You know, a young man that definitely have made me proud as all hell. Because that's how I feel. And, and um, all I'm saying is, work together. We're all going to work for the common cause. Work together. You know, Tom Becker. What would you like to see the youth start applying like today? Like, what would you like them to change? Like, what would you like to see now oh, versus you know, versus? I, you know, to, I I would love someday to see that if somebody says I need a lawyer, go see the young lords. You know, hey, uh, my kid, he, he needs, you know, some, go see the young lords. You know, because I remember even back then, people would come and wait for us to complain about their white landlords trying to kick them out or because the cops came and pushed them around. Believe it or not, people literally came to us and complained. <laughs> Gave us complaints about the cops being mean. That's a beautiful That's thing. That's the community was that. That's a beautiful you know, thing. And the community, you gotta let them, the community know you're there for them. 
and with them. You know, and if if the young lawyers can provide that, if one day the young lawyers can have, you know, their own lawyers, their own office, I would love to see all that. That's why I say to the youth, educate yourself. You want power, you want real power, educate yourself. Knowledge. Knowledge is power. Amen. That's what I that's 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 my message to the youth. Someone asked, is there a documentary in the making for the young lords? There's been a few, I think there's been a couple of documentaries uh, made. Um, I can't honestly 100% say so, but the last time I spoke with the Central Committee, I was told that there was somebody contacting the, uh, the Central Committee about something like that okay so there's a possibility that somebody's working on something a little bit more up to date than what's already out there yeah yeah but but you know if, if you look real good at, at the at, at the national headquarters of the young lords you know we, we do our things but we're how do you say we're not real big on, on, on all that i'm not anyway and i know we had that conversation you know and i've listened i respect you the OG deal, you know. You say you say no, you know me no. But I've always told you, you know, we need to hear your story. You know, we have to, not just you guys. For me and New York, the party has done a phenomenal job, phenomenal. They deserve all the credit they get. But I want to know more about the other chapters. I want to know about Philadelphia. I want to know about the Bridgeport chapter, the New Haven chapter. I want to know about all the other chapters, even though that they didn't maybe finish the process because everything got went into shambles. But, you know, I do think, you know, the people need to be educated more on the overall history of the young girls. And I think, you know, that's what's lacking. And that's what people really want more information on because they just hear one, one story and it's a lot more to it than, you know, just the one, one, one chapter. And again, it's not to take nothing away from them. I just, I just, you know, feel like for me as someone that's interested in the history, the complete history, which I'm pretty sure there's a lot of others that, that feel the same way. I would want to know about those chapters that were possibly in my area. If I do live in an area where they was, you know, that's inspirational. Like, you know, that gets somebody like, you know what? I want to do it too. Like it used to be here. You know, when I moved to Connecticut, I didn't even know there was a Bridgeport chapter and I lived in Bridgeport and I look into it, you know, the chairman's still alive. I would love to have a conversation with him. You know, it's something that is still historical and that we still need. Yeah, and and, and, and you know what, you're looking into it and, and I think that's one of the greatest ideas, okay? Because see, me personally, there's only one young Lord. Whether it's YLO, Young Lord Organization, Young Lord Party, or Nuera Young Lord, it's all Young Lord. See what I'm saying? There's been indifferences? Yes. Was the purpose the same? Yes. To me, there's only one Young Lord. You know? And you guys are part of that one Young Lord. Yeah, every time you say that, that, that oh, well, it, it hits me right here because that means a lot, man. Every time you say that, you know, and I know it's genuine and I know it's real. Yeah. And I know, and, you know, I know people have indifferences and all that, but they got to cut it out. They got to grow up, and um, you know, they, 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 and they sooner or later, you, you know what? You keep doing what you're doing, Subi. You know, and uh, you're going the right way. Definitely also, you know, can't end this without giving a big shout out to the new Ever Young Lords. I'm so proud of you guys. You guys have, like I said, you guys made this possible. I didn't make this possible by myself. You guys are the key to, to the door that we've opened and went through. You guys put all your all into it. 
and we're not sponsored. We don't have people giving us anything. Everything, it comes from us directly, you know, from the heart. And we put the time and the work in because we want to, not because we have to, and not because we asking anybody for anything in return. So to you guys, the New Ever Young Lords, every single one of you guys, thank you. I love you guys. God bless you guys. And let's, you know, continue forward. Palante. No, and that's how I, that's all I got to say on that. You know? And all power to the people.